0: Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Guys, welcome back. So glad to be with you this week, and I'm excited to bring you another Etsy success story. This interview is so fun um, for a lot of reasons for me. So Heather is, if you noticed in the title, she's in the natural product niche, and I'm such a geek for that kind of thing. It just brings out the crunchy side of me. It's so much fun, Um, and so she is going to talk to us all about that, but what I really love about this is that Heather just started her Etsy shop at the end of 2022, And so this is another one of those wonderful success stories that's going to show you if you're like thinking about getting started on Etsy or you're a newer shop, like sometimes it can feel like only the people who've been around forever, you know, they seem to have all the advantage, they get all the sales and it's just not true. There's new shops just like Heather's that are starting and that are taking off even in the recent times. And so I really love bringing you guys like stories like this. I think it's really encouraging. And if you sell anything at all, there Heather's got really great great advice that's going to be sprinkled through what she's going to share. But especially if you're in the handmade space, like you can duplicate this in your own niche. So I'm I'm so excited. She's also just lovely. I really, really enjoy her. So let me tell you a little bit. Heather has five children. Four of them are grown. She had them when she was young. And then she has um, a baby, like a little, little boy. And she's really into everything natural and outdoors, which is why she was excited to start a shop around that niche. She's a really creative, artistic, and musical person. And then um, some of the other things that she described herself, which I thought was so interesting, is that she is one of those people, like if she starts something, she's going to finish it. She's like a really big follow through person and she's just like going to give it her all. I feel, I feel like she and I are so, (laughs) I talk to her, I'm just like, we're a lot alike. I enjoy her so much. Um, She's like, she's like, it will succeed. And that's how she's, that's like me. That's like my stubborn streak. You know, when I start something, I'm like gonna, I'm not going to get discouraged or I may at times, but I'm going to like push through it. And that is totally what she is like. She also really loves competition. So starting Etsy, she was up against millions of other sellers, like thousands selling similar items as herself, and it made it more of a challenge and really exciting for her to like figure out how to make it work and how to succeed in that space. She's also an excellent listener. She refuses to get offended and loves making miserable people happy. I'm just like, we are twins. It's so funny. And and you know what? I wish I had read that last line. I had kind of peeked through her bio before. (laughs) talking to her, but I had not gotten to that line. And I'm just like, wow, yes to all of that. Um, I love in this world today when we have people who just like, like no matter who who we meet, it's. I don't want to get offended. I want to try to understand where you're at. And I'm also really okay if we disagree. And we can still be like super pleasant. We could even maybe be friends and totally disagree. So I just love that attitude. So we're going to be hearing all about Heather's natural home, which is her Etsy shop and her Instagram. I know for sure I'm going to be going over there to buy things because I'm obsessed with this kind of product and I do not have the time to make it. So um, I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. There's just like lots of her story and how it happened and how her shop went from brand new to taking off to like how she's planning for the next holiday boom. And then everything about like a consumable product and like so much just good wisdom and tips for you. As you get started as a new shop, I think this is such a fun, fun combo. So help me welcome Heather to the podcast. Let's get into it. Hey Heather! Yeah, we are, we are live. I just like, I just, y'all were over here, like chatting, chit chatting. And I'm just like, I need to stop it. We need to go. (laughs) (laughs) It's the most natural uh, move into the podcast ever. Heather, I'm so glad you're here. And that everyone gets to meet you now. And I, as much as I just want to keep you to myself, (laughs) welcome (laughs) to the podcast. (laughs)
1: Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) This is going to be so fun because your um, products are so interesting and your story is so great. So um, I'm, I really appreciate you being willing to come on. Yeah, and I always like to start, like people want to know, you know, what is your background? What, you know, especially, so you're in like the natural home products, which is so interesting. So I would love to know like your story. How did you get passionate about those kinds of items, those kinds of products?
1: Yeah, well, I was raised by two hippies. <laughs> so <laughs> they were they were hippies back in the 60s and 70s. And we, we kind of lived off our land, you know, we had big gardens, and everything. So my dad would grow like loofah sponges and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of grew up that way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I started having my own garden and vegetables and herbs and stuff as a young adult. And it just kind of segued into, you know, what I'm doing now. I was very passionate about making sure my kids were eating, you know, most of the stuff that I could grow, organic, stuff like that. So I just always had it in me to, you know, do as much as I could on my own without going out and buying stuff that was full of Ingredients that I had no idea what they were and meant. So
0: <laughs> I kind of want to know how your parents instilled that because I feel like a lot of kids, especially like when we were growing up, bucked that a lot. Yeah. Today's different. It'll be interesting to see how today's kids, who are being raised in a healthy and healthier environment, respond as they grow. Sure. Um, you know, do they like literally run out and grab Gatorade as fast as they can and like and Skittles? Um, right. <laughs> did you ever rebel? No,
1: I. Uh-uh. That's all I ever wanted was was organic, natural, all that kind of stuff. And it's expensive to buy any of that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that's why as an adult, I was like, all right, there's got to be a different way than going to an organic market and buying, you know, milk from the dairy farm down the road. That's like $9 a half gallon and stuff. Wow. So not that I have my own cow, that would, that would be awesome. But all the other things that I could do, I started trying to find ways that I could do it myself and rate cheaper.
0: So are there elements of that that you're extra passionate about? Like, are, you know, you know how, like, have you just, have you just embraced all of it? Or are you like, oh no, my obsession is like, you know, growing specific herbs or like super foods or like, like give us a little more of the nitty gritty.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that my obsession was definitely food was what I was eating. So when my kids were little, the, the first couple kids were little, I was like, everything was organic. I was buying and definitely had gardens with canning and freezing everything, but then as the years went by, I was like, you know what, I'm not going to die from eating a pear that's not organic here and there. And so I kind of actually like relaxed on a lot of that. And then I kind of turned more towards skincare products and stuff where I was putting on my body and washing the kids with and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's when I started getting into more of like researching, all right, how can I make all this stuff by myself and things that I grow? How can I turn into things that I can make for my own self, you know, so...
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what kinds of things do you, do you like to make for your kids? Like what products were your some of your first that you tried?
1: Uh, like body washes, um, lotions, like my baby had like really dry skin and I didn't want to put anything on him. Even the stuff that said it was organic because there was still ingredients. I didn't know even know what they meant. And I'd like look them up and I'm like, I still don't understand what this is. So then I started like infusing oils and herbs into my oils and finding which herbs were good and which essential oils were good or bad for babies and stuff like that. Just a ton of research, reading books, and then it segued into, okay, now I have a product that's actually working. And so, yeah, kind of stemmed from that.
0: Did you have okay? So, oh my gosh, I just have so many mm-hmm. questions um, because this is like a I'm I can I'm not as crunchy as you are, and there's absolutely food in my house that you would probably smack me for. But um, almost says
1: that, but there is in my house too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be like. This, this is going to be educational. I'm trying to be like kind of ba- balanced. I, I mm-hmm. don't actually think it's balanced. I think the better way would be like our dream. Like, one of the reasons that I'm still on Etsy and I'm and that I do what I do is for us, we're going to be buying a farm okay. and it's actually be really cool. So, like, I'll, yeah, like I'll probably have a TikTok for it and everything when we get out there because I know yeah. how much people love following it. Yeah. But it's literally, it's going to help us have that lifestyle, you know, okay. to be able to create sure. the income to buy acreage and and we really want a homestead. And my husband's aunt. Um, moved here from Michigan last year and she's like we're so close with her and she's gonna live on the land and she's like super into like like sourdough starter and canning and mm-hmm. all and I mean she like makes all, all of her own herbs it's so cool but I you know I am a really busy mom so I'm always mm-hmm. trying to balance like okay like I try to make sure my kid gets lots of fiber like my daughter my mm-hmm. my son's still breastfeeding so but, like yeah. lots of fiber and like as much natural and the good news is is that she'll generally choose a salad over like something really processed like oh, a lunchable kind of thing yeah. you know yeah for sure so it, it helps and I don't know how that happened I just got lucky that she'll eat whatever I mean I, <laughs> yeah and so I try to pay attention to, like the dirty dozen foods and like get those things that are more natural but but yeah there's absolute like I like made the joke about Gatorade and she absolutely had Gatorade <laughs> <this weekend. Yeah. laughs> oh. so but I haven't ventured as much into the like skincare and home stuff, you know, we'll use like Meyer cleaner or like right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe you can only figure this out. So there's, I make like a homemade spray for the countertops and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, water and vinegar and then thieves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then some like lemon. And mm-hmm. I love it and they hate it. Like my family <laughs> hates it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh.
1: Wait, because of the smell or?
0: Yes. And I'm just like, All right, <laughs> this is like natural. This is, and you can't smell the vinegar. I, yeah. there's, you know. I don't know. so But I haven't entered into like the skincare at all. I'll be really excited Mm -hmm. to learn more from you about that. Um, I just get like as natural like shampoo and body wash as I can, but I've never thought to – like how did you – that's so – like how do you mix that? Is it – you have a jar at home and you shake it up or – I mean I'm so curious.
1: No, you're good. Um, I mean that's there's a lot of – there's like a whole bunch of different processes for every single thing that I make. But like take for instance my body lotion. Um, you know, it takes me about a day and I have to make a batch because I'm melting products the day before and then I need them to cool down. And then I have to mix them and cool them down again and mix them again. So it's, it's kind of a longer process, but I make big batches of it. Um, but, you know, you can, it's super pliable because you can change things. I change things all the time. I'll use shea butter sometimes. I'll use mango butter. Oh, I like this butter better. It's feels softer on my skin. Or So I'm always switching around things as well and seeing you know, oh, this is better for this skin type or this leaves a little bit of a greasy feel. So I'm going to add this kind of powder, this natural root powder, stuff like that. So there's so much give and take in it. There's, there's no one recipe that only works well. That's, that's the great thing about it. Is that you can just change things up completely and you're still getting natural, a natural product that's good for your skin. So. Okay. But
0: this is why I need you in my life because I don't have time <laughs> to deal with any of that. Like I can't <laughs> do the research. I can't – Right. I can't and and it is – yeah. So thank goodness for you and I can just order, can just order the stuff that you're making. <laughs> sure. Okay. So we've got to talk about then how did this turn into Etsy? Like that is – I could talk all day about the homesteading and the natural – that's so cool. Yeah. But like this turned into a business for you and I think yeah. that like your Etsy shop is killing it. <clears throat> so what made you decide to sell on Etsy? Like what were you initially like thinking
1: Yeah. um, I honestly didn't even know anything about Etsy. My husband had an Etsy account. He bought my wedding ring off of there, my engagement ring. And he told me one time about it. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about for years, literally. And then I got pregnant with our first child together. And um, I was a dental assistant. I'm like, I don't want to be working full time away from this baby. Like we've been praying for this baby for years. And so now I want to be home. And so that's what got me thinking, like, all right, what can I do from home? And I started exploring all these different avenues, not even thinking, like, let's do what I actually love doing. And um, people would ask me, oh, if you make chapstick or if you make lotion, can you make me a batch or could you give me a jar? I'm sure, no problem. Never charging anybody. I just like, oh, it's fun. <sighs> and then it was just one morning I'm laying in bed. I'm like, what am I doing? I make all these products and people love them. Why don't I try to sell them? And I didn't, I didn't know what Etsy was. So I didn't understand that was a platform I could use. <laughs> so I was looking at other platforms and all oh, they were expensive and it was a lot of work.
0: Which so, ones? What else did you consider?
1: Um, honestly, just doing like a website or selling uh-huh. locally. Like we have a farmer's market, but it was kind of a lot of work to like, I have to make a ton of products and have everything set up once a week and tear it all down and bring it all back up and having a baby. How am I going to do that? So. That's when I was like, how can I do this online? So I looked at Etsy, Shopify, mm-hmm. possibly one more. I can't remember. And the more I looked into Etsy, I was like, wait, this sounds really good. I did a ton of research on people that were selling on Etsy, their reviews, what they were saying. Is it a good option or not? And they were all pretty positive. So that's why I went with them.
0: How long have you been? Like, when did you start your shop?
1: I just started in August of 2022.
0: 2012. So, this is yeah, so it's fun. It's like 10 months ago. Okay. Yeah. Your results are amazing, but you're the kind of person that a lot of time my listeners want to hear, because if I bring on someone who's just been like making six figures, they're just like, that's awesome. It's very inspiring. There's a lot to learn mm-hmm. from them, but what's really relatable is someone who started sooner, closer to when they are, you know, Oh yeah, for sure. Um, someone who's just start- and is having some success. Like it, it feels very, very real time. And like, they can kind of like tug in your coat strings yeah. and, and like follow you. Okay. Yeah. So you just started, what, how did it go in the very beginning?
1: Um, at the very beginning it was, it was, it actually, I started making sales within like two days, but it was all friends and family. (laughs) I just (laughs) told everybody, I'm like, I need you to buy my stuff on Etsy so people see that I have sales. So I had like probably 15 to 20 to 25 people who actually bought stuff around the country. So I was shipping it to them and they started writing reviews. But I mean, within maybe a week or two weeks, I started getting outside sales, which blew my mind. And it just slowly kind of picked up like that and it, it never stopped.
0: Did you have any challenges when you first got started? Like, like learning curve pieces? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Tell, tell us. Give us the deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I wasn't prepared because I didn't think I was going to make sales, unfortunately. Um, so I hadn't made a lot of products. I had like, I had some lotions and I had a few chopsticks and a few other things and I, I probably put five listings up. And they all sold at different times. And I had like one product. Maybe if I had, you know, a lotion, I had one flavor of it ready. And then I'd get two orders and I'm like, oh my gosh, it takes me two days to make it. And I said I'd uh-huh. ship it in one day. It was a mess. Uh-huh. And so I very quickly changed my shipping dates and started making a ton of products to load up and make sure I had, you know, some <laughs> some stock. And so that was my biggest mistake was not being prepared for actually making sales. And, and also, like, I didn't even have boxes. I was like, oh, if I make a sale, I'll figure it out. And all of a sudden, I have to ship it in 24 hours. And I don't even have shipping materials. And, oh, my word. So I, okay. I just didn't think through anything. <laughs> I was like, oh, if I make a sale, yay, fun. And then it actually started happening. and I was very unprepared. So
0: it sounds like you spent the bulk of your prepping really trying to understand the Etsy platform. Yeah. Like that was the part you really thought through. Yes. How much time do you think you spent like digging into that?
1: Um, probably about two weeks before I opened my shop. I did a lot of research in those two weeks. I made, I'm I'm a note taker. So I made a ton of notes in a notebook that I labeled Etsy. I watched stuff online. I went on YouTube. I looked up Etsy shops that were successful and tried to find their owners. And if they had any articles on them, which they did, I'd read through that just so I could even get a feel of what Etsy was and what I was dealing with. Um, So that gave me a lot of background, a lot of foundation of, okay, this is, if I do this, this is what I'm going to build on and this is how it's going to work. And so I came in opening my shop with having a lot more knowledge than I had two weeks before. So that was helpful.
0: <laughs> you binged Etsy. I did. Uh, before you started, but I love, you said something really important a while ago that I want to touch on. And it was like, it sounds like you looked at the other shops that were doing really well in the niche you wanted to go into and you studied everything about them because I remember you saying you looked at their reviews to see what you could learn from them. And that is like one of the best pro tips that you could possibly (laughs) give someone new.
1: Yeah. Yeah that was super helpful. Um and I think I even read that through someone else's article like Uh check out the shops that were successful. And so I did along the lines of what I wanted to sell. So I'd look at places that were selling natural you know, body butters or something. And I just looked through their shop and read all their descriptions and read all their reviews on that particular thing and see what customers didn't like or loved. And then I just did that with shop after shop. And, oh, this seems to sell. This one people don't like. And so I, got, I just felt like I got like a plethora of information that I hadn't had before because I was just doing stuff from my kitchen. Like, here, friends, here's some <laughs> whatever, yes. you know, lavender body butter. And so I kinda came in a little bit more aware of I'm not even gonna try to sell this because it doesn't seem like it sells and Oh wow. That is that's paid off because the things that I found were selling at other shops have kind of done the same thing along the lines of my shop. So
0: hey my friend. I'm just checking in to see how you're doing on your Etsy journey. Do you have all the support you need? I'm so honored that you're here listening to the podcast and I wanna make sure that you also know that I have a bunch more resources that can help you with your specific questions over in the resources section of my website. Whether your focus is print-on-demand, digital products, handmade items, and even more, there are tools and freebies and courses specific to your product type that are made by experts that I have already vetted for you. I don't know about you, but when I started my Etsy shop back in 2016, I was a busy mama and I didn't have oodles of time that was spare that I could just spend spinning my wheels trying to figure out Etsy completely on my own. I needed someone who knew what they were doing to teach me as efficiently and effectively as possible. And as soon as I was able to leverage the knowledge of an expert, I'm telling you my personal results on Etsy went through the roof. Sales went literally from crickets to cha-chings within a week of implementing all of those things that I learned. So if you're looking for that kind of help, You want to get to the bottom of it. You want to get moving and grooving where somebody who knows how your niche works on Etsy can show you the steps to start getting sales. Come on over and visit my resources page at howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash resources. And I'd love to connect you with the perfect expert for your business. I know their expertise will make all the difference in the world for you. So once again, that's howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash resources, where you can find answers to your specific questions. I'll see you there. So like best thing you could probably suggest from that, like from getting started is like take, and I want to, I want to come from the other side of this too, because some of my folks will like study for a year before they even get started. I love that you like went hard for two weeks and then you're like, we're, we're trying this, we're testing. Is there anything else around that that you would suggest or just like really dig into what other people are doing in your niche?
1: I would say dig in, dig into what other people are doing. So look, if you're going to sell soaps, go into all the soap makers and see what sells, see if they're successful, read what they've written through articles about what they failed on, what they've succeeded in and take that and use it, use it as your own, you know, see the products that are selling well, you can, you can do a lot of research on just an Etsy shop and it, in general and see what they're selling just by their reviews. Um, so that was super helpful to me. And it gave me other ideas too, like oh, this shop sold sixteen thousand whatever it was, this, <laughs> <laughs> and they opened two years ago. So like, what are they doing well? You know, and I started seeing other things that they were selling. Oh, that gives me an idea. I can do that. You're not you're not stealing their idea completely, but it's giving you good ideas on your own to take and use for your own shop, and it, it's helped.
0: Absolutely. You know, that was the same thing in the in the sign business. Um, I got ideas for other dimensions, like oh. I keep trying to sell this dimension, but this is the one over here. My yeah. competitor is doing really well with this one. I don't need to rip them off, but like I should sell that dimension sign <laughs> yeah. that's clearly yeah, in demand. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. or like, oh wow, I need to find a, a scripty font that's a more a little more modern calligraphy. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I started with more you know classical um, scripts, which did really well. But like, oh wow, if I add a line that has some of this, so I totally, totally feel you on that. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about your actual products, like. When you went into it, did you know what the like how big the demand was for natural products?
1: No, not at all. No, completely. I'm I'm a pretty clueless person. I don't. I
0: love that.
1: (laughs) I just, I'm not like big online or on. I just have never been big on like my phone internet. So this is all all pretty new for me. This Um, is like Joanna
0: Gaines being like, you know what? I don't think anyone else cares about farmhouse style at all. Like ten years ago, but like I really (laughs) like it. So let's just play.
1: Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> I mean I knew that like people I knew that there were some people that I knew that liked natural stuff like I did. I had a coworker that loved it just like I did, but I just didn't have many friends that seemed to care, so I'm like, well, the majority of the world is probably in the same boat. They don't care. They'd rather go buy Todd dishwashing detergent, you know, that has this, this, and this in it, because it's easy and you know, little did I know that they actually really care and people are yes. passionate about it. I might get messages a lot that there's there, people are actually very thankful that I'm actually selling stuff. Like, thank you so much for doing this. I've been looking for this kind of a shop. So it, it makes you feel really good. And like, okay, let's actually blessing other people, not just my family. So it's pretty cool.
0: What's so fun is um, when you find not just like a narrow niche, that's not super saturated, but a passionate narrow niche. Sure, yeah. And so like what you're, and obviously you have to do the product really well. Like that's a given, you know, you, if you were selling stuff that wasn't as awesome as it is, it'd be a different story. But like, you've got the product nailed. But it turns out that people don't just care about this; they're like crazy. They're like really <laughs> intense about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean that in the best way. I'm one no, of them. It's like, true. if I'm calling yeah. anyone crazy, it's me looking at the no, same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're, but, the, but it's like an intense, um, intense, passionate narrow niche, yeah. and that is where there's just a lot of gold. Yeah, that's true. I think that's it's so point. interesting. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Um. One okay this is something I really like about you. You you're really transparent on your descriptions with your ingredients. You know some people would guard that like great grandma's recipe, but I really really love that you do that. I think it's important in this day and age, but I would mm-hmm. like to know from you like what made you decide to do that. You know, do you worry about people stealing your recipes? Like how do you what, I want like how do you think about it? What's your thought process? Sure.
1: Um, I am the most worry-free person you'll ever meet. I, I don't, people always ask me like, are you afraid someone's going to, are you afraid someone's going to take this? I'm like, no, I just, I just don't worry about any of that kind of stuff. If it happens, it happens and then we will deal with it. So I wasn't worried about any of that, but I did want to make sure, you know, I followed all the rules because, um, you know, in Maryland or in other States, you have to follow certain rules with certain skincare products. Like, and you know, take for instance, like soap, you don't have to include your ingredients in soap, but I feel like it's important too, because what if someone's allergic to lavender, you know, and I've got it in my soap. Yeah, exactly. Anything. I get major
0: rashes from baking soda. soda, I need to know. (laughs) Yeah. No,
1: there's all kinds of stuff that people do. And it started because people started messaging me, Hey, what exactly is in your, you know, whatever it was, body wash or your soap or your detergent. And I had the ingredients listed a lot of times at the bottom of my descriptions, but I actually moved them up And made sure people, you know, at the bottom of the page you'll see the ingredients listed. So I wanted to make sure it was very transparent, so people don't buy my product thinking, "Oh, it's all natural; it's going to be perfectly healthy for me," and then they break out or something. So that that's kind of the main reason. Um, You know, I have a few friends who have kids or themselves are allergic to certain things, and I was like, I don't want to be that person that's like, "Oh, I'm just not going to list my ingredients because I don't have to." So just figure it out if it works for you or not. So I'd rather just like be out in the open and say, "Here's what's in here." And I've even had people um, say, hey, I see that you use this kind of whatever it is, ingredient. Do you sell it a different way? And I've actually made those changes. Like, you know what? I don't, but I have the ingredients. I can make it a different way if you're interested. Sure, I can do it this way. So because I want people to be able to use the stuff that they want to use, you know, and not have to just keep researching until they find it. So I keep ingredients on hand that because some people are allergic to coconut oil. So then I'll use different kind of carrier oils or um, butters and stuff that I can replace so they have that option to, you know, gets, get a different product with a different um, ingredient list in it.
0: Like sometimes the best ideas, like the best selling products come from requests from customers. I think that's like yeah, such that's a wise true. way to, yeah, yeah that's really kind of like true. studying the competitors. But the other thing that um, for those of you listening, like, you know how she was saying <coughs> she was a lot of questions about what are the ingredients because I have allergies. And she had had them in her description but at the bottom. So like a pro tip for you guys is put that in your actual, in your pictures, in your photo gallery. If you have something where you get a lot of questions about it, or you just know it's going to be something important to your your perfect ideal customer, you want to make sure you put that in the photo gallery. And I mean, it can be a little annoying, especially with something like, like what Heather's talking about, where they change, like she kind of tweaks it. But it will, number one, you'll actually get more sales because the majority of people will not DM you with the question. Mm, um, unless they the really can't find it easily somewhere else, they will not take the time and the majority of people will not read your descriptions there, but they'll go through all your photos. So that's just like a pro tip for you guys if you're getting an FAQ. But I also think Heather something you've done really well and I mean it, it works out cuz like you are your ideal customer but you really know like you really know your your customer and that's something as a new Etsy seller cuz a lot of times we sell in areas where we don't necessarily understand You know, we're just like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is a trending thing. There's a lot of demand for it. I'm going to make it. Yeah. But like, you understood the the thought process of the of the customer that they're going to in this niche. No one's playing around. They Mm -hmm. care about ingredients more than anything. There Mm -hmm. is no keeping the secret. Very true. (laughs) I, you know, I have to share, but I also, um, I'm interested a little bit too in like. Your products are consumable and there are allergy issues. Like, is there anything you've needed to do to protect your business from, from issues in that way, from, from allergic reactions or
1: just to be as transparent as possible. So as long as people know exactly what they're purchasing, um, exactly what's in every single product, then they can make that decision based on I'm allergic to this or not. So I will always put every ingredient, even the, even if it's a drop of something, I'm going to put it in there. I just make sure I'm completely transparent so they can go back. And if they have an allergic reaction and which I did have with one customer and they messaged me and said, oh my gosh, it's my fault. I didn't realize that you put this in here, but I do now see it. And I was like, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm so sorry. how are you? And she was like, oh, I'm fine. I just had an allergic reaction. My skin is a little dry or whatever. So that was kind of a wake up like, yeah, make sure you just keep doing this with every new product you put up there. Just, Just make it very clear to the customer so that they know exactly what they're getting.
0: Yeah. And you guys, like you, our listeners are all over the world. Um, Mm -hmm. and everywhere is really different in terms of their rules. So you can't take this as gospel. Like this is not like legal advice. What Heather says is like, just, this is just for educational purposes and her experience. Like make sure you look into your local area about, do you need to have like a license? Do you need, you know, if you're going to sell something consumable where people are putting it on their body or in their body, Do you need to have a license? Do you need to have like an insurance policy? Do you Mm -hmm. need to have some kind of? um, I don't even know other than license, but how I would put that. Is there another?
1: Yeah, I mean, I did a lot of research on that. I don't know from state to state what all the rules are. I know they definitely differ from state to state, but um, I did all the research on my state and exactly what I needed to include on every label and all that kind of stuff. So I think that that's probably one of the most important factors too, before you start your shop free you open it, is make sure your labels are exactly, you know, in line with what the state requires and every state is different. So yeah, I, I have no idea what each state entails. Of but course
0: not. No. And I mean so like important. internationally it gets even crazier. Like yeah, the United but... States is one of the most lax countries about ingredients. Yeah, on the Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's which, not like, hard pros either. And,
0: pros and cons. It's yeah, scary,
1: for sure. But, yeah.
0: But at the same time, I'm just like, Oh, Okay. (laughs) We don't need total obsession from the government, but at this Mm -hmm. uh, pros and cons. Let's let's kind of go back into business a little bit. When did you begin to see like real growth? Like when did I know like the beginning? Lots of friends and family, which is really Mm -hmm. nice. They came out to support you, but it also is a testament to the quality of your product that people were already really digging it. A few weeks in, you started getting outside sales. Mm -hmm. When did you see? When did it really take off?
1: It took off about probably about six weeks to two months after I opened it. So my friends had kind of died off, family had died off. They all bought their products. That was it. And I still saw some very slow, consistent sales, but it was very slow. And then probably about two months later, which is mm, possibly October.
0: I was going to say, it was Christmas saw, time, wasn't it? It was yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's exactly right. You actually right. did it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, without knowing I did. Um, and it started picking up very quickly in October and it, it, again, in, in November, like there would be maybe maybe a two week lull where you know you'd have a lot less sales, but then November came and it was like boom, it happened again, and it just kept going through Christmas, and then New Year's came and it kind of hit another lull, and then there was the next Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, and it just keeps going and going, so.
0: It's just cyclical, right? You know, what's so yeah. interesting. So I don't think, I think the best time to start an Etsy shop is today.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know what sure. I mean?
0: Like just get started is kind of yeah. my advice. Um, but I think one thing, if you, if you don't know how popular your item is going to be and it takes you time to make it, sometimes it helps to actually not start right in the middle of the holiday rush so that you can grow into it a little bit. Yes. Like, <laughs> um, and what I've noticed is that September is a really busy month and October always chills out. And I think it's my, this is only my opinion, but that people are spending so much money on Halloween, which we don't even do Halloween, but like other people just spend so much money on Halloween that, um, that seems to be their focus for that month. And then you see it really take off again in November (laughs) planning for the holidays, which is really interesting. And then just depending on what you sell, like for signs, actually, January was a real, was a big month, was a surprisingly big month for us. And I think everyone was taking down their decorations from the holidays and it was like I need to spruce up this room. Like I need yeah. a new piece of wall art there, you know, where that Christmas thing was or holiday thing was. But but for most shops, January is a little quieter and then maybe picks up at the end if you have something that could be... Like, honestly, anything that you can frame as a gift, you should. Like Etsy is like the gift platform. So if you are not... Like this is another pro tip for you guys. If you are not somehow framing everything you sell as... Like literally copy your listing and create another one and set it up totally for... As a gift. Yeah. And yeah. then you'll, that's the cyclical nature will continue. Yes. That's so, interesting. True. so, how did you end up ha- handling the holiday rush? Did you just have to make a ton of stuff? Like, I'm really curious. Yeah. Again, what oh, you learned. Was, and, <laughs> yeah. How did it It was it go hilarious. Go?
1: <laughs> I was not prepared for it at all because I thought, oh, I just started the shop three months ago and I still don't have many people and people aren't going to hear about me. And it, it was very quickly that one of my items became a bestseller, which I didn't even know was an option on Etsy. I just got this email saying, hey, this is your bestseller. I was like, what? And then that took off. And then I started getting huge orders for that particular item and I was so not prepared. So I was up late a lot of nights and working seven days a week, morning till night, just making these products. And it just the sales never stopped all through Christmas. And so it was crazy. So I'm going to be totally totally prepared this year.
0: (laughs) Okay. If you guys have been listening to me for more than 20 minutes, you've probably heard me talk about the three most important components of a successful Etsy shop. So number one, a product that people are actually searching for and buying right now. Number two, beautiful product photos that stand out in the search results. And number three, your SEO or keywords, which really simply just means your Etsy listings need to include the exact same phrases that your shoppers are searching for up there in that Etsy search bar. In fact, even if shoppers are buying your product like gangbusters from other shops and your pictures are like the quality to be on the cover of a magazine, if you don't have your SEO nailed and those perfect word phrases all throughout your Etsy listings, shoppers will literally never find you. So wait, wait, wait. Don't feel discouraged. I've got you. I want to let you in on my secret weapon for SEO on Etsy. It's a website called Sale Samurai that mines all of Etsy's shop and listing data so that you don't have to. Thank you. (laughs) You can find out what keyword phrases are searched the most for every single niche and how many listings are using them so that you can understand how steep the competition is. That is so helpful. So within the program, you're able to see details like hundreds of other keywords you can use, what shops and listings are performing the best in your space, what the pricing competition looks like, and so much more. It's literally, literally a goldmine of information that will help you compete in the search results. So if you would like to get a sneak peek of exactly what Sales Samurai can do, why I love it so much, what makes it so powerful, I created a YouTube video that will give you that overview. So check that out. It will be linked in the podcast show notes for you. And so Sales Samurai is a very reasonable monthly membership that you're going to want to maintain because you're going to do this research constantly in your Etsy shop. And they have very generously given me a 20% off for life coupon code just for you guys. So you get to start with a free trial, but go through my link so that they'll give you that lower rate for as long as you stick with the service. We all need to save a few bucks here and there. So the code is how to sell your stuff. There's no spaces between the words and it's all lowercase. But of course I will just link their site, the discount code, and that YouTube mini tutorial for you all down in the show notes. (laughs) I'm so excited for you guys to get your hands on this one. I'm obsessed with it. I literally use it every day. I use it with my clients. We help help them get the edge. And I just know how much it can help you with that SEO game. So I definitely encourage you to give it a try. But How are you going to do it differently? Like, And do your products have a good shelf life? How does that work?
1: Yeah, they, they do have good shelf lives. Um, not all of them. If I put fresh aloe, let's say, in body washes, okay. it's going to be much shorter. So that's actually usually per the, um, not patient, per the client's request. But um, most of them have like six to 12 months shelf life, if not longer. So I'm not going to make products now for Christmas because it's eight months away. But I will start probably in September making stuff, you know, that I can stock up on that can last for months so that as things sell, I have it better. And I did not have that last Christmas. I was just making (laughs) stuff day by day, selling it. By the end of the day, I'd be sold out and start all over I had my mom come and help me. So it was, wow. It was crazy, but I learned a lot from it. It was good.
0: So. She must be so proud. Yeah, she is.
1: <laughs> We're all kind of in shock. None of us under, even understand how this all happened. It just kind of happened very quickly. So I think my whole family's like, what? What is happening? You're actually making a life by this <laughs> business, you know? So it's crazy.
0: Do you still love doing it, even though you're I doing don't. so much of it? Oh, yeah. I, love
1: I love it. It's fun. It's been a lot of fun. So
0: So is there anything else you'll do different to plan for this holiday season or do you just think having your ingredients batched will will do the trick?
1: Yeah, I think definitely just having a stock of stuff, always ready, having stuff pre-ordered. You know, I ran out of certain containers last year and then because of everything after the pandemic was so much slower. I was going
0: to say, could you not get some of your stuff? There was
1: definitely stuff I couldn't get. And so then Mm. I would be frantically researching after midnight, where can I get these? products. Where can I get this containers? Where can I... It was crazy. So I did a ton of research on that and found, um, you know, different options if, in case this place had sold out or this was out of stock that I could go over here and get those products. So it was tough. I started at a really tough time because it was two years after the pandemic and there was just so much shortages and inflation was through the roof. So it, it made it even harder, but worked through it. So now everything seems a lot easier. <laughs>
0: Do you dispense. feel like you've got a good margin on your products? Like, do you do you make a pretty decent... I mean, it's hard when you're doing handmade. Like, you better be made. You know, you got to count your <laughs> yeah. hourly work, right? Yeah. The-
1: I wasn't. The first six months, I barely made any profit because I didn't... Really? I, yeah. I was spending so much on highly inflated, um, you know, products to make everything. And I had... You know, I would do free shipping on stuff just to get customers in. I yes. was, had lower prices because I did research. Well, they're higher. I'm going to make my lower, and yeah, and made everything sell. But at the end of the year when we did our taxes, I was like, wow, that was that wasn't too great. But I learned a lot from it. It was only a couple months of it, and I didn't make much money at all because but I, I had recommend that. I recommend
0: that when you're starting. You know what I mean? Yeah, like to know. Look, it, what did it do? It bought you a bestseller, it which went. can now now there's now you can be the for sure, the same price as the highest com- competition, yes. if That's, not a, a, that's a good
1: point. I agree with that too, because I did start all my products off low, but that's how I got sales. And yes. then you can start bumping up your prices and go, well, I can't do free shipping anymore because shipping costs have gone up in 2023. Yep. So, And you're still a bestseller and people have a lot of reviews to look at on that particular item. And so you can actually bump up the price and still have sales. So that's kind of what I've done over a eight month period and I'm still making great sales. So
0: so did you end up adjusting all of your pricing?
1: I did. Yeah. Yep.
0: That's so smart. Yeah. You guys, this is literally like, here's what you have to think. I know in the beginning, some people are like, no, like I need to, you know, make, and I'm like, yes, you do need to, you do need to make a living. I get it. If you look at any other type of business, they take a loss for at least a year. Yeah. We don't yeah. have to do that. We need to take a loss for like a couple months, maybe, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, A restaurant, I think it takes them three years to make up their first, their primary investment before they start actually turning a profit. It's why so many Mm -hmm. of them don't make it because they think, oh no, I'll start turning a profit after a year. I'm like, no, your overhead is way too big. Like, there's no way. So, like, running an Etsy shop, like it, it, it's still a business, and so I think it's really wise to go in. Sometimes having your prices a little bit lower will allow you to, because a lot of shoppers will filter. Um, when they're looking at the search results, some some shoppers will filter by price. Like some of them are going to filter by like, is this a trustworthy star seller? Some of them are going to filter by um, which one has the, the best, the most reviews. Some of them are going to filter by location and lots of them are going to filter by price. And I mean, long-term our favorite people are not the ones that want the lowest price, but you also just You got to start somewhere. And if you can get a bunch of sales because your pricing is really competitive, you do that for a few months, just like Heather did. You get a ton of sales and reviews. If you're extremely lucky, you get a bestseller patch. And then the world is your oyster and you can go back up to actually making a full profit. So hopefully this year's taxes will be very interesting. Yes, (laughs) I'm excited to see. (laughs) Yeah, that's so fun. Yeah. What are like maybe three tips that you would give a brand new seller? Like someone who, gosh, I love... Heather, I love that you're only just a few months into this. <laughs> like thinking back to you at this point, so maybe seven months ago, what do you wish you had heard that you didn't find in your research? Like just from someone a few, a few steps ahead of you.
1: Yeah. And I think I covered some of it, but definitely um, have your products ready because you don't know <laughs> if something's going to sell or not. So if you go in with the Ideal that uh, I'm probably not going to sell anything for the first three months, so I'm gonna just I'm not going to make all this stuff, which is what I did. And then all of a sudden, sales picked up, and I was not prepared, so it was it was chaotic and bedlam for me for the first six weeks. Um, So definitely have stuff ready. You know, I mean, if if you have a short shelf life on something of a week, obviously you can't do that, but you're probably not going to be selling it on Etsy either. (laughs) So you know, get your products ready, get stuff made and ready and packaging materials. And, um, I have a friend who started a Netsy shop just two months ago and didn't have a sale until last weekend. And she got three on a Saturday morning oh, and it wasn't prepared for packaging, which is exactly what I did too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So have
0: a, have a shipping plan ahead of
1: time. <laughs> exactly. So definitely have all that. Um, keep track of everything. Keep track to keep really good records of everything you sell, of all the products you're buying for tax purposes. Okay. Um, just keep okay. track of everything. Every little thing that you do, every place when you drive to Costco to buy products for something you're making, keep track of that mileage because at the end of the year for taxes, it's a lot easier if you have everything recorded to just get it all out and get it done instead of going back and, oh my gosh, where want I put those receipts and I so forgot. I don't even know. It's, it's too much. It would be totally overwhelming. So just keep really good records. It's easy to do. I do mine on a spreadsheet and do, do your research. I'd say do your research on what sells. If you have an idea of, oh, I want to sell this, do research on other Etsy shops and see if those things that you want to sell are making a profit for people. And you'll get ideas too. As you go along, you'll go, oh, well, this is selling for them. So maybe I can veer down that path and make something along those lines and grab ideas from other shops that are doing well. And I've done that over the past eight months and I've come up with like 10 new products, you know, that are my own, but I've used ideas from other shops. So I think that's probably been super helpful for me.
0: Oh my gosh. So many good tips. Okay. So where can people find you? Um, Shop your products. I know you wanted to share your, which is we're we're super excited to share to like go take go like buy from you, um and like and stay connected. Where are the best places to follow along?
1: I mean, obviously, I just sell through Etsy. Um, so it's my, the name is Heather's Natural Home. Um, I have a Instagram page, which is the same. It's Heather's Natural Home. Okay. On Instagram, I've tried to open Facebook, but I'm <laughs> don't know how to use it. So I have a Facebook, and I haven't done anything on it because I get confused on it. So one day I'll get there. Um, so yeah, right now it's just those, those platforms.
0: Well, this isn't uh, so fun and I love geeking out about the natural stuff and <laughs> you will absolutely have, a, <laughs> if nothing else, you've, you've spent the time you got me as a customer. <laughs> <for> sure, <'cause laughs> oh, I've been great. just looking for some better choices. And so I love what you do. And I love, um, I think you shared a lot of really helpful things tips for like the handmade seller. Like, honestly, it's so cool that you are still in the beginning and yet you've got all this wisdom already because of what's happened so quickly. So I really appreciate your, your willingness to share with us. Sure. No problem Glad to. Will you keep us posted on your progress?
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well sure. guys, I hope that you enjoyed this. There's a lot in there, no matter what you sell to take away. And I think it's really inspiring. And I also think that Heather just busted any kind of myth about only the OG shops make any money. She just started in the fall of 2022 and here we are spring of 2023 and she's got bestsellers. So like I rest my case. You can still do it and I'm rooting for you and I'll see you guys next week. Go make something awesome. Take care guys. (laughs) Bye bye. And that's a wrap on this episode of how to sell your stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.